Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back. This will be for Isaiah chapter 7. This prophecy has a direct application for us, although it was literally fulfilled when Assyria invaded ancient Israel. Assyria is a type and symbol of the warring nations that will exist in the latter days. Shortly before the second coming, the text pro- provides a number of clues regarding this, including Isaiah's fourth or fourfold use of the formula in that day, a phrase that often pertains to our own day. Further, if we accept the Lord's sign of Emmanuel, i.e., if we accept Jesus Christ and his atonement, we will be protected during the wars in the last days the central messages for us in the section that are the and this in this section are oh man let me start over further if we accept the lord's sign of emmanuel i.e if we accept jesus christ and his atonement we will be protected during the wars in the last days the central messages for us in this in the section are that we should trust the lord the Lord's word that comes through his prophet rather than rely on the arm of flesh and Judah's inhabit, inhabitants should find comfort in knowing that a remnant of Israel shall return to Israel as the Lord has promised. And that was by in the book Understanding Isaiah. Verse 1, And it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jothan, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told the house of David, saying, Syria is confederate with Ephraim. And his heart was moved in the heart of his people, as the trees of the wood are moved with the wind. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and Shirjashub, a remnant shall return thy son as the end at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the in the highway of the fuller's field and say unto him take heed and be quiet fear not neither be faint hearted for the two tails of these smoking firebrands or smoldering wood for the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and of the son of Ramalia because Syria Ephraim and the son of Ramalia have taken evil against counsel against thee, saying, Let us go up against Judah, and vex it, and let us make a breach therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it, yea, the son of Tabiel. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus resin. And within threescore and five years shall Ephraim be, be broken, that it be not a people." So that means in, uh, let's see, three score of 60 and five years, Ephraim will be broken apart. So that means that they'll go into captivity. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramalia's son. If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depths or in the heights above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. This is not the voice of humility, but the voice of flippant dis- disinterest from a wicked king. Is- Isaiah is enraged. 
Verse 13, and he said, hear, hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This prophecy has dual application. It refers to Isaiah's son and it refers to Jesus Christ. Isaiah's wife was a prophetess, not a virgin, but she was, was to bear a son. So this is a messianic prophecy. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and to choose the good. For behold, before the child shall know the evil and choose the good, in other words, before he is eight years old, the land that thou abhorrest, or the northern kingdom of of Ephraim, shall be forsaken of both her kings, Ephraim's and Syria's. Jeffrey Holland said there are plural or parallel elements to this prophecy as with so much of Isaiah's writing. The most immediate meaning was probably focused on Isaiah's wife, a pure and good woman who brought forth a son about this time, the child becoming a type and shadow of the greater, later fulfillment of the prophecy that would be realized in the birth of Jesus Christ. The symbolism in in the dual prophecy acquires additional importance when we realize that Isaiah's wife may have been a may have been a royal blood of royal blood and therefore her son would have been royalty of the line of david here again is a type of prefiguration of the greater emmanuel jesus christ the ultimate son of david the royal king who would be born of a a literal virgin indeed his title emmanuel would be carried forward to the latter days being applied to the savior in section 128 verse 22 of the doctrine and covenants Verse 17, the Lord shall bring upon thee and upon thy people and upon thy father's house days that have not come from the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. And it shall come to pass in that day, when the prophet uses the phrase in that day, he is usually referring to our day, that the Lord shall hiss or whistle for the fly that is in the uttermost part of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. The fly and the bee refer to soldiers. They shall be everywhere in the kingdom of Judah. Donald Perry said, The Lord will signal or prompt the Assyrian armies, here referred to as bees, to come down on Judah. The Lord shall whistle to the bees is a symbol built on an actual ancient practice. For Cyrilus of Alexandria, around 400 A.D., wrote about beekeepers who whistled to bees to get them to return to their hives. That was understanding Isaiah. The fly and the bee represent hordes of soldiers from two op opposing superpowers typified by Egypt and Assyria. The two superpowers of Isaiah's time, Egypt represents a latter-day Western superpower, whereas Assyria represents a latter-day Middle Eastern or Eastern superpower. This may be uh, representing both Russia and China. Don't know that, but that's just a possibility. Verse 19, And they shall come and shall rest all of them in the desolate valleys and in the holes of the rocks and upon all thorns and upon all bushes. The invading hordes would effectively take over the land. In in the same day shall the Lord shave with a razor that is hired by them beyond the river, a type for a latter-day arch tyrant, and that's when when they shave somebody like that, they're actually making them slaves, by the king of Assyria, the head and the hair of the feet, and it shall also consume the beard. Those sold into slavery are shaved all over their bodies. This also means that no part of the land will be free. And it shall come to pass, in that day, a man shall nourish a young cow and two sheep. These refer to the desolation that will exist after the Assyrian invasion and destruction. And it shall come to pass, for the abundance of milk they shall give, he shall eat butter. For butter and honey shall everyone eat that is left in the land. And it shall come to pass, in that day, every place shall be, where there were a thousand vines and a thousand silverlings, 
which shall be for briars and thorns. In other words, the grapes shall be thorns. And the and with arrows and with bows shall men come thither, because all the land shall become briars and thorns. This prophecy was fulfilled when Assyria overran the land in 721 B.C. And all hills that shall be digged with thematic, there shall not come thither the fear of briars and thorns, but it shall be for the sending forth of oxen and the treading of lesser cattle. The land that once was good for cultivating crops would later be good only for grazing of animals. And you can see the destruction that's going to happen. And if, if they're mentioning in that day, that could mean that America might be completely destroyed too. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.